Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. Hey, what's up, digital agency owners and podcast listeners. Before I introduce today's guest, I want to ask you a quick question. Are you currently stressed out, cash crunched, or fed up with your business? If you feel this way, you might think that you have a lead generation problem, or maybe that it's the area you live in, or maybe this market has become too competitive. Maybe you think that your business can't be turned around, and I want you to think again. In my many years of experience, I can tell you now that it's something much deeper that you're likely not even aware of yet. It's like a client who comes to you saying they need a website or Facebook ads or maybe a mobile app developed, but they don't even realize the deeper challenge or opportunity that's blocking them from success. Now, if you'd like to find out what your deeper challenge is, then I want to invite you to apply for a YouGurus strategy call where we'll dig into those underlying issues and get you moving forward like never before. The aha moments will shift the way you think forever, and you'll finally get the answers as to why your business hasn't taken off. The number one most important decision to rapidly grow your business starts by booking your strategy call. Go to yougurus.com slash apply to start your application process for this free call. Once again, go to yougurus.com slash apply to get started. All right, let's introduce today's guest. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners, digital agency owners. Welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. I'm your host, Brent Weaver, and today we're hanging out with Trina Fisher and Gretchen Cawthon, and they are from Left Right Labs. They help health and nutrition coaches make more money, grow their following, and get their time back. In one year, they fired half their clients, tripled their prices, and 20x their recurring revenue. They're also graduates of our flagship program, uh, 10K Bootcamp, and have been a members of our U Academy community for uh, going on years now, and uh, are also working with me on some uh, some coaching stuff for their agency right now. And so I'm, uh, I'm very glad and happy to welcome uh, Trina and Gretchen to the program. We are hey. here. <laughs> Thanks for having us, Brent. Glad to have you guys here, and uh, I think you're. We have interviewed many people that are have partnerships, and usually it's uh, it's it's their opportunity to air some dirty laundry about their partner because their partner is not on the interview. Uh, and this is this is the first time that we've had both of the partners uh, join us for the interview. So I just want to uh, call attention to that that we've got uh, 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 both sides of the coin today. I mean, literally, your business is called Left Right Labs, and you guys almost even acknowledge that as business partners, you have. Um, you think of things differently within the business. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yep. I am the left brain, and she's the right brain. Right. And now. we just we just talk trash about each other to our faces, so yeah. we don't have to wait till one is out of the room. We're good to go. <laughs> so how? Um, yeah. Like, take us back to when you started your business. Uh, how did you guys form the partnership? Where did that begin? Um, well, um, we have been friends for a very, very, very long time. Um, I think we counted the other day and it was like 18 or more yeah. years. Um, <laughs> it started, we first met, um, at church, Trina was in a youth group and I was playing drums. I was a youth leader. Um, and I was playing drums and we were on a worship team together cause she was doing, um, singing. And, um, we went from that to shortly after that, I think when right about the time you were starting college, we formed a band. Mm -hmm. um, with some other people from our church group. And uh, we, we did the band thing for about eight years or nice. so. Um, went to Nashville, recorded an album, did all that fun stuff. Um, and then somewhere along in there, I had started working on my own website called Girls Can't What. Um, and that got really popular and had a lot of people coming to me saying, hey, would you build a website for me? And it was kind of like, you know, the accidental web developer. I'm like, oh, hey, I'm good at this. I could, I could make money. <laughs> so um, I started doing that. But of course, I'm only a developer. I don't do design. Trina at the time was going to college for graphic design. And so I was like, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> You're in your free time. <laughs> you earn a little money. <laughs> um, which by a little money, I meant very, very little. <laughs> like, here's a penny. <laughs> um, Enticing offer, uh, Trina, right? I have to yeah, say. You know, Gretchen really doesn't sugarcoat it. 
I'm clearly the savvy business person in this relationship. <laughs> Don't worry, people. I'm not the one doing the books. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. It might've been a little more than a penny, but um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much how we got started. So for the first, what, uh, we got to do math here um, for about the first seven or eight years or so. Um, Trina just kind of freelanced for me and I was mm-hmm. just freelancing for myself. So, um, we just kind of had this thing. It wasn't really, um, a full-time business. It was just a, Hey, we'll take clients as they come. But, um, remarkably, we never had a lack for clients. We always had people, um, lined up. So, um, we did okay, but neither one of us could live on what we made at that point. Um, and then in 2014, that's when we incorporated, um, at, with, under a different business name, we called ourselves time for design, Time spelled like the herb, which is really, really, really dumb. Because um, nobody, <laughs> you have to spell your name every time you say it. So it, that's not, it's just not, it was bad. So we, but we, but at that point we incorporated and we're like, hey, we're, um, you know, this is great, blah, blah, blah. That was 2014. That was the beginning of 2014. And then in October of 2014, that's when we signed up for um, You Gurus. And the, the really hilarious story behind that is, Trina was working a full-time job at that at time for a print agency in, in a nearby town. And I sat at my desk all day and we kind of text each other back and forth, just little things about work, not too much. Cause obviously she was working and I, I texted her and I said, Hey, I'm going to watch this webinar with this guy named Brent. And uh, I said, don't worry. I am not going to buy anything. I just want to invest this thing. Okay. And she's like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> 15 minutes later, I'm like, Hey, I'm going to texting her. This is back when you had to use two thumbs to text her on your phone. And I'm just like, Hey, I'm going to buy this thing. It's cost $2,000. Hope you're okay with that. Thanks. Bye. And, <laughs> <laughs> and so we, uh, we joined you gurus and, um, it was, that was October of 2014. And within the first, well, that was like what a six week program, eight week program within eight the weeks. first four to five weeks, we had landed our first $15,000 project which um, at the time was probably more than we had made that entire year. <laughs> um, and uh, that that's our story. <laughs> yeah. And then by, so I, um, I was, we were incorporated in 2014. We did boot camp in October of 2014. By December of 2015, I was full-time. I quit my other job. I was full-time with Gretchen and we really, I mean, we just like say, everything to you viewers. You guys are incredible. And if you, if people implement what you teach, they're going to grow. You guys really have paved the way for some amazing things. Well, we appreciate those, those kind words. You guys have done a lot of work. Um, you mentioned the $15,000 project was your biggest project up until that point. Um, what kind of stuff were you doing prior to that? What was, what was like a a big project or a typical project just to kind of, uh, anchor our audience a bit? (laughs) Brent, <laughs> I'm sorry. Did, did I did I tell time. you I wasn't going to ask like like specific <laughs> questions or? I mean, no, you didn't promise that. The last job that we closed prior to boot camp was eight hundred dollars, and we were thrilled about that. Yeah. Mm. What do you? I mean, I, and I, I, you guys are doing a completely different level of work, and we're talking about you know years later now, and yes. I think you guys have. Uh, built a lot, um, done a lot of work on the business, done an amazing amount of work on the business. Sometimes I go in and look at the work you guys are doing on your business and I go, wow, I am not doing as good a job as they are. <laughs> um, but you know, you, you said that $800 for a project was a, a big win or a lot of win. I mean, what do you think was the, um, what was like the mindset? I mean, was it the clients back then? Was it how you guys were approaching them? I mean, what was the issue? Why why was eight hundred dollars a big project? And obviously, it wasn't helping you guys get where you wanted. I mean, you weren't you were working a full time job. I mean, was this kind of just a side hustle? I mean, although Gretchen, I know it wasn't a side thing for you. I mean, but what was why why was eight hundred dollars a big project? I think I think part of that had to do just with where we were living. I mean, you know, in a in a rural area and I mean our clients were all over the place, but you kind of have a mindset based off of where you're living, you know, of what things should cost and and you know, so definitely in the, a Midwest town where, you know, people are frugal and so I think part of the mindset had to do with that and part of it was just that we thought we were smart, like we thought we knew things, but we didn't have any way to confirm that. We didn't have a community that could that could say, hey, yes, you are absolutely on the right track or, or a teacher that was in the right field. So Gretchen and I are both learners. We had done all kinds of online courses for general business or marketing, but none of them were for our field. So the big mindset shift for us was when we got in with you gurus, 
we went through that boot camp program, suddenly we were with specialists. These are all people that are doing this all the time. You and Steve, your business partner, you guys have paved the way doing this. We're with hundreds of other people that have done this. And it's like, oh, hey, we do know our crap, right? Like we, we can stand up and be confident about what we're saying in our sales and, and understanding that um, what we're doing is adding value. And there were things we wanted to do in our business to add more value that we were kind of afraid to do beforehand. We just didn't know if that was the right direction. And we really got a lot of confirmation through your program. Um, and so I really think that was the biggest mindset shift is just being around other like-minded people and saying like, Hey, you're worth more than this. And you know, a lot more than you're giving yourself credit for. Mm. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. And I would add that, um, not only the mindset shift, but we stopped being order takers. Yes. Prior to that, a lot of times it was, like I said, we had a lot of clients that just kept coming back to us or we'd get new clients. So it was never really a, a moment where we panicked and thought we weren't going to have more clients. Um, but we, we would always just say, okay, well, they come to us and, oh, I, I want this or I want that. Or can you move this widget for me? And we'd be sitting there going, behind the scenes, not to their face, we go, well, that's the dumbest thing. Why would they want to do that? That's just, they need this, they need X. And we, but we weren't presenting what they really needed because we were a little bit too timid to ask. Mm -hmm. And it's exactly what Trina said. We were like, are we really, do we really know that what we're doing here? You know, we, because we did, we didn't have that confirmation and exactly, it's exactly what Trina said. We got into boot camp, and all of a sudden we're with people who helped validate and mentors who helped validate that. Yeah, we really do know what we're doing. We're on the right path. We just need to grow the confidence and, and show the clients the value that we're providing. It feels like such a, a, a virtuous cycle to me to go from order taker uh, to more of a strategic consultant with your client, because if they're telling you to do something that you're, you don't think is the right thing to do, mm-hmm. uh, by stopping them and saying no, or helping them come up with a better strategy to begin with, um, while it's not just letting them lead the way and doing everything that they say, uh, ultimately you're providing them a better end solution. They're going to come back for more. They're probably going to refer you more. You can get them better results. I mean, all those things are, are great. Plus, you get paid more, which is clear in your, you know, $15,000 win within a few weeks of yeah. adopting this mindset. That and its integrity, too. You know, we're finally able to say, like, we 10,000% stand behind our product. We know that we're confidently offering our advice and, and that we are really guiding the clients in the directions they need to go. And that feels really good. Yeah. And all it is, is just asking them why, why do you want this widget moved over here? And they'll say, well, I need to get more, you know, I'm not getting enough leads. And they're like, okay, so you have a lead generation problem. Well, let's look at that a little bit more in depth. Here's some other things I think you could tweak. If you're really needing to get more leads, let's try this, this, and this. And usually that leads to more work. And sometimes it leads to not even moving the widget they wanted moved. (laughs) (laughs) When you, when you just, you find yourself, you know, totally different. Like, Oh, we're coming up with a search strategy now, or that's, that's the problem. Not, you know, the the widget doesn't matter if there's no traffic or if there's no, you know, not the right people coming in. One of the things you mentioned, and I I mentioned on your intro is that through this process, uh, you fired half your clients. What, like, what was the, why? <laughs> well, I mean, it, it sounds good. It's very headline worthy. Like we fired half <laughs> our clients. Um, but what was, uh, yeah. Why, why did that happen? Why was that a part of your transformation? That was really around our recurring revenue. Um, in fact, the whole thing was around our recurring revenue. We, um, we were making less than $3,000 per year in recurring revenue. It was pretty sad. And we, at that point, I think we had like 30 something odd clients. Yeah. Yeah, it was, we had a fairly large amount of clients and we're only making $3,000 per year in recurring revenue. It was terrible. And they were wasting our time and we had a crap ton of cash flow issues. We're constantly, you know, chasing them down. Hey, you didn't give me your check this month and that kind of stuff. And, um, we, we didn't really have any connection with them until they needed something. So essentially what we did was we ended up taking the you gurus recurring masterclass uh, revenue recurring revenue masterclass with uh, jonathan yay jonathan um and of course we uh, implement immediately as we're learning um because i don't like to like learn things and then wait and then go back and try to do them later i like to do them right as i'm learning them so we started implementing it right away um and what we did we found out that we really uh, at the prices that we were offering to our clients we really weren't serving them the um we were basically paying them to be our clients yeah. <laughs> for recurring revenue. It was terrible. <laughs> um and 
So essentially at that moment, um, Google was requiring the secure sites and everybody has to have the SSL certificate, even if you're not a, a e-commerce shop and all that. So we just kind of leveraged that shift in the market and said, okay, hey guys, you know, this thing's coming and we kind of prepared and we didn't just triple our prices like in one fell swoop. We were like, hey, we, we had a like, I think about 12 weeks leading up to the actual price shift of, of warning our clients, hey, there's a shift in the market. We need to change some things. We need to make sure you guys are staying safe and that everything's up to date and you're not going to get lost in Google and all this stuff. So we just kind of prepped them and, and built that up over about 12 weeks. And then um, at that 12 week point, we pulled the trigger and we, were, we had to calculate out, hey, what happens if we lose a third of our clients. Hey, what happens if we lose half our clients? Hey, what happens if we lose all of our clients by doing this? Uh, you know, so yeah, it was a it was a little bit of a calculated risk, but it was still very scary. Yeah, and we uh, yeah, because we triple X our, our pricing from where it was before, so we were bracing ourselves. <laughs> yeah. So essentially, we didn't actually have to fire our clients as in sending an email and saying you're fired. Some of them fired themselves at that point. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, that was fine with us because the ones that didn't move on with us were the, usually the ones that they didn't see the value in what we did to begin with, even when they were getting a really good deal because they were practically paying them. They didn't see the value in it. And they were the ones that were constantly just popping up with just strange requests and trouble. And so it was it was fine that we, we lost them. And so um, but the clients that did stick with this, they really understood the value and they really started to see that, hey, these people have our backs. They're watching out for us. I they Several of our clients were like, I'd never even heard of this thing that Google's requiring. You know, we, we didn't know that we needed to have an SSL certificate or their site needs to load or HTTPS. They had no idea. So they were super stoked that we were, were reaching out to them with this before it was going to be a problem for them. And then, um, yeah, essentially, um, let's see, where do I go from here? <laughs> One of the things that um, you mentioned that you, know, you realized was that you were essentially paying your clients uh, on your recurring revenue packages. And this is something that I see routinely where somebody is – uh, think they they think they're doing the right thing. They're building hosting or some kind of you know make money while you sleep thing into their business, uh, where their hosting company is charging them you know ten dollars wholesale to host a website, and they charge their client twenty five. And mm-hmm. I think at a micro level, you look at that and go, "Wow, I'm making you know hundred and fifty percent markup on this service." But then the reality is that you're not really just providing hosting to your clients. Your client has your cell phone number. And every time they have a thought about their website, they're calling you. And even one conversation, one hour-long conversation over the course of a year, and you've you've literally lost money if you're thinking yes. about yourself in that service model, let alone if you're providing email support or you know ongoing tech support because you host their email or their website i mean we we fell into that trap where we we on the it felt like we were doing the right thing we had recurring revenue we were making a markup on hosting but the reality was the amount of time those people were taking up the amount of complexity that service was taking up was way out of step with what we were charging and yep. it sounds like you guys realized that and then you three extra prices, which that sounds like a good place to start. And then, you know, <laughs> half your clients moved on or, you know, they, they, they took that as the cue for the door that they were just there for the commodity hosting. They really weren't there for any kind of strategic consulting or any kind of, you know, web concierge type service. Yeah. We, we actually did a couple of things too. We, we didn't just triple our prices and offer the same service. We did um, we did a three tiered solution to where we actually we tripled the the price of our base package, but then we have two other packages that are are higher and they offer more support hours because we noticed that a lot of our clients were coming to us with these little one off tasks. Now we were still charging for those, but you're right it, that that one hour phone call to figure out what it is that they they needed that we were going to have to charge them for. You know that sucks up time, so we. We did a couple things. Um, we streamlined our our uh, services so that we now have a, a help desk. We have an additional developer, and that he handles all the support tickets. They no longer go through me. I'm not mm-hmm. drowning in my inbox every day with support tickets. He's taking care of that at Brent's suggestion on a <laughs> on a bus in Denver a couple of weeks ago. Um, we we nipped that one in the bud, but then. Um, the other thing we do is is we really streamlined a lot of our onboarding processes. So um, we offer uh, managed WordPress hosting, um, and 
we we don't require everybody take that, but we make that an option because that really um, reduces the amount of just maintenance time that we do have to deal with updating plugins and dealing with software and server updates and all that. It's all taken care of by someone else, and that and that's included in the price, and we don't have to worry about that. So that takes a whole bunch of work off of our plates that we don't have to account for in terms of, of raising that price. So we have more profit built in this time around. And, and on top of that, you know, what clients were getting before was basically just the, the hosting, correct, Gretchen? It wasn't. And, yeah, and backing up. We would yeah. back up and we would update. Those, basically those three things. And now, now they get those three things, but then they also get a half hour of support time with us. They're getting, you know, all the security requirements. And then we've added in individual touch points on top of that. One thing that we were really bad about before was like, oh, hey, set it and forget it. You know, you're on the plan. That's great. Thanks so much. We're going to keep things backed up, but we weren't actually getting in contact with them. So we create a custom reports. Every time we have a client that onboards to our program, we sit down and have a one-on-one -on -one meeting with them about these are the reports that come out. Here's what they mean. Which pieces do you guys actually want in your specific report? And, and that way it's something that they understand that they're getting. And then we're, we're checking in on them. We're going to offer, um, sometimes we do free quarterly strategy calls. That's at our will. That's not something that's in the package, but you know, we're looking at other ways to connect with these clients, um, and let them know that they're valued. I mean, they're, they really are the backbone of our business and, and we appreciate their time. Yeah. Another um, thing we added was we created a training portal for them. So mm -hmm. whenever they have questions of like, how, you know, how do I add an image to my blog post or whatever? Hey, here's a video already done for you. We just send, you know, our, our support guy can just reply and say, Hey, here's a link to the video. And, and there it is. So we don't have to worry about constantly answering the same questions over and over again. So did this shift for you guys have a, a net benefit? I mean, you, you made this shift, you lost yeah. half your clients. We, we are now, uh, I think when we looked the, what, two, three days ago, we are at over $70,000 a year in recurring revenue. Wow. So major shift. <laughs> and, and Brent, I would like to point out that our lowest package that most of our clients on is only $97 a month people. Yep. So because we work our company, we really love working with solopreneurs. So it had to be prices that we knew would, would be something they could afford to do. So we have a 97, a 197 and a 497. And, you know, even after we lost half the clients up front, we were still making profit off of the people that just stayed. And then we just kept adding and adding and we have a channel partner that also sends us some people. So it's been really incredible to see how, um, how much we've been able to help people and also en enjoy the process as we go. So we're not overly stressed out because it's not taking up all of our time. We've found a really good balance for us and for our clients. Right. And and the touch points that we've added in puts us in at the forefront of, of our clients. And so we don't really have to worry too much about ongoing, just small development work because those clients are constantly coming back to us with, Hey, I need this or that. And, and there we are, you know, because we, we touched base with them or we had a strategy call with them that we surprised them with the quarterly strategy call and said, Hey, we'd love to, to talk with you and find out, Hey, I want this whole little membership portion built onto my site. And, you know, here's a small project for us. So, um, you know, it's, it's been quite the journey and to see over $70,000 in recurring revenue is pretty, pretty amazing. Wild. <laughs> I, you know, one of the things we, we talk about in that program is, you know, like step one is to set that recurring revenue intention in your business just to say, Hey, we're going to work on this. And it's not overnight. I mean, what I've heard from you guys now is we did a lot of things, and over time, it kind of builds up like a, a snowball. And, and, and eventually, I mean, going from 3K to 70K is, is not something that's probably going to happen in that first week. Um, but, no. Yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, I would say uh, in the first year, we went probably from the three, 3K to probably close to 50 in that first yeah. year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, 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 it went fast. Um, and again, Trina mentioned we had a channel partner and she's basically someone along the lines of and does a lot, a lot of what we do in terms of consulting and working with people on their branding and their messaging and all that. But she does not want to deal with any kind of the hosting or the maintenance or anything technical on the site. She doesn't do any development, anything like that. So um, I met her in another group and we, I, she put out a post for help somewhere. And I said, Hey, I can handle that for you. Let me, let me take care of it. So I did that. And she's like, Hey, 
you know, let's talk. Maybe I can send you some more work. And I said, sure, no problem. Um, so we, I've been doing work for her for about three or four years now. Mm-hmm. And she got to the point where she's like, hey, I just want to send you. Every time I launch a site, I just want to send the client over to you and you handle all the maintenance on the site. You do the updates. You make sure it's backed up. You know, if they have small development requests, you know, you guys take care of it. And I'm like, sure, no problem. So she's currently feeding us about one to two new clients a month. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I want to jump back to uh, a moment that you mentioned, Trina, where you went from a full-time day job to mm-hmm. in the business full-time. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you remember just, just being at that time? I'm just I'm thinking about the folks listening that are still full-time or maybe they're, they're full-time with a side job or maybe they haven't even started yet. But um, when you decided to go from your job – to mm-hmm. 100% in the business. What what was mm-hmm. going through your mind? What were you feeling at that time? Well, it was terrifying. Let's just be real <laughs> honest about that. Gretchen's <laughs> like, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, but, but you know, we had, we had been doing the work for a long time. We had really, we had been digging in over the last year. You know, like I mentioned, we had started boot camp October the year before. I joined full-time in December the following year. And we had seen just ridiculous growth in our business in that year we were at a place where we were looking at our docket and we saw that we had enough projects coming up in the pipeline um there were some internal things going on at my day job where it was like you know what this is just this is the right time you know if if there hadn't been some internal um issues i would have waited till march of the next year was what we had kind of planned for but i you know i got out 3 3 and a half months earlier you know and it was really just we had um done the most responsible things we could for a long time we'd kept an eye on it we'd watch the trends of how like hey if we're doing this amount of work we're going to bring in this amount of clients and you know referrals and really kind of keeping an eye on that and making sure that it really was the client first that we were leading with value um that made all the difference in the world and so it was I'm not just like a random risk taker. I'm a calculated risk taker. So this was a calculated risk, right? I knew that we had enough work in the pipeline to get us through the next couple months, even bringing me on full time. And I also know myself and I know Gretchen, like we're going to work hard. We're going to dig in and we're going to do what it takes. And, um, it was, it was the right time. And we had this whole crew through the gurus community cheering us on and reminding us like, you know what you're doing you know, don't let fear get in the way. And, um, that's not to say you just leap with no plans, people. We have plans. Okay. You have the plans and then you calculate and then you take the leap and you, you have a whole community there to support you. And, um, you know, we had a lot of business sense through what we've learned with you gurus that we just didn't have before. Gretchen, did you get a, uh, a phone call on this or was it, was this an email? How, how did you guys, was it uh, Hey, I'm leaving. Or was this just like a, uh, an obvious conclusion that just happened one day. Uh, well, we're best friends. So we talk all the time. And if we're not talking, we're texting. Um, <laughs> if we're not texting. It's just like, we're looking at each other and we know what we're saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, part of being former bandmates as well. It, it is true. Yeah. You, you know, when you're in a band with somebody like I, I know Trina's side eye very well. Cause I'm the drunk. <laughs> and if she turns and looks at me, depending on how she's looking, I know I either to slow down, speed up, be softer, <laughs> louder you know, it's, i know <laughs> but um uh no i didn't get any kind of a, a we we had we'd been talking about it yeah. for quite a while it it had been on the radar by that point i think it'd been on the radar almost three years by that point because yeah it's we, it's we something incorporated, we had talked about it mm-hmm. it's something we had been dreaming about for a long time uh and yeah, then we incorporated and then we found you guys. And by yeah. that time she knew all the stuff that was going on at my job. And it was just, it was time to get out. You know, like I said, we had been planning for the following March, but it was like, nope, it's time. Let's, let's do this. We have enough here to handle it and just go. <laughs> yeah. Well, in that first year we had doubled our revenue for the, our annual revenue had doubled. Mm-hmm. So we knew that we were now, I I wouldn't say at that point it was quite the livable wage. It was a tolerable wage. <laughs> right. It was a loss in pay. It, it, yeah. it go up. 
But um, we, and, and it is harder when you have two people on the payroll versus one um, because everything costs more. Every time we go and travel somewhere, it costs mm. double. It costs every meal we have to pay for two people. Um, so there, there's some, there's some benefits, but there's some downsides to it too. And so we had to be very cautious with the money, but I can't say at this point, we have never missed a payroll yeah. from that day um, forward. And, you know, we're, I'm, we're actually in a position now and I, I can credit this a little bit more to the profit first book. Um, we're in a very good position now financially that we can really realistically see how far ahead we are with our finances. You know, when, when do we really need to, to hit the sales a little bit harder because we're, we know we're going to hit a, a slow spot, you know, two, three months from now. So we're, we're in a much better spot now financially than we were at that point. And like she said, we had to make the leap about three months earlier than we intended. That was a little scary, <laughs> but we made it. Yeah. Congratulations. I mean, that's a, a really you. big accomplish, accomplishment. I, I, I know we've talked about that before. I just, you know, uh, I think for, for people in our audience that are, are thinking about making that move, just knowing that, you know, it, uh, it, it is possible. It can happen. It yes. can, um, with, with the right planning or resources, a community that can happen. So, so you've been partners, uh, and friends for a very long time. One thing I want to bring mm-hmm. up is you guys, um, don't actually live in the same area. Uh, no. you, this no. is all virtual. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I was living in Decatur, Illinois, uh, beforehand. So I just moved from there to California, June of uh, last year of 2017. And, um, you know, my sister lives out here and she's pregnant and dang it, I'm going to be an auntie. So I, I had to get out here. Um, that was another thing that we knew was going to be coming up. You know, we've been talking about it. I had a three-year plan. I don't know what it is about me and three-year plans, but some reason they're very effective for me sure and, they're probably effective and, for uh, most people I, I would advocate to create some kind of three-year plan but yeah and and so you know we we've been planning for that and then um we knew I was going to be moving in June. So January of 2017, um, even though she and I live in the same town and our employee lives in the same town, we decided, okay, we need to start doing all our meetings virtually, even though we're all still in the same town. So that once I transitioned to California, that that went as smoothly as possible, that the clients were used to seeing our videos from different rooms instead of in the same room. So we, uh, we started doing that in January. We would still get together occasionally for, for in-person meetings. Um, but you know, the bulk of it, we were really trying to see what is this going to feel like, you know, let's, let's really wrap our heads around what this means to be a virtual team. And, uh, so we've been doing that since January and I am so thankful we did when I moved here in June there, you didn't notice there was zero missed days. There were no hiccups in the transfer of, of the business side of things. You know, I mean, Gretchen and I are best friends. So we already knew it was going to be really hard from the best friend aspect, right? Like, Oh crap, I can't just go to a movie with you on the weekend, you know, or, or come steal food from your family at night. Cause that's what I do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I'm her, her, uh, her daughters call me the crazy aunt. I've been lovingly adopted. So, you know, we knew that part was going to be hard because I was already integrated in their family, but the business side, of it we had practiced and again like really just planned things out took a calculated risk but we had done our homework and the transition was super smooth i'm so grateful was there anything that um i guess was a um I mean, there's, there's all sorts of fears about going virtual that oh, our clients are going to notice and they're, they're not going to want to work with us anymore because we're virtual or this or that, mm-hmm. or they're not going to take us as serious. I mean, was any of that stuff um, that you maybe feared in that transition? Did any of that stuff feel like it was very unfounded? And was there any, on the flip side of that, was there any unexpected hiccups through that process? I think, um, I, I think it actually improved things because we, we weren't, I mean, we were already virtual yeah. in the sense that I. <laughs> Trina's like, oh, what? So I, I was coming over too much? <laughs> well, I mean, I was so used to, in fact, prior to us incorporating, really, I would say that 99% of my communication with clients was through email. I very rarely ever picked up the phone. I hate my phone. I don't like to talk to people. <laughs> Which is the one reason much. you have Trina, right? She's exactly. She prefers to do that, right? That, that helps? <laughs> that helps tremendously. Um, but I, I mean, I was just an email person. I, I'm a much better writer than I am a speaker. And so I would I felt way more comfortable taking my time replying to a client through an email 
than picking up the phone. So we, they were already used to that, but I think we actually improved it because once we started realizing, okay, Trina's going to move, we're going to be virtual. We got to do something. Skype sucks. What are we going to do? So we ended up getting zoom and that, um, that um, really opened up communication with our clients because mm-hmm. now we're like, okay, we, we got to, and, and I, I can also credit this to boot camp with the interaction model and all that. We realized, Hey, we're going to do much better. We're going to close more deals. If we are face to face with our clients, whether that's through the video screen or actually in person, we have a couple of local clients, but I would say um, probably, I mean, I'm just making up a statistic here, but more than 90% of our clients are somewhere else and they're oh, not yeah, at least. town. Um, so we, but when we started incorporating the video, I think that leveled up our mm-hmm. communication with our clients. They, and, and they're all cool with the fact that my dogs are running around in the background, you know, <laughs> or, you know, every once in a while when I have teenagers, um, or college students and every once in a while, one of them will pop in through the door. They're totally comfortable with that. A lot of them, like Trina said, are solo entrepreneurs. So they're at home in their home offices with their dogs running around in the background. So it's, um, it's all good. But I think that has only improved our, our communications and our relationships with our clients because they with with video. Yeah. I feel like these days, you know, so few of clients are, you know, very few digital agencies are just purely local businesses. Um, so I feel like if you're going to get good at virtual within your company, that can also benefit being good with virtual stuff with your clients. It sounds like that's carried over very nicely for you guys. Yep. So when you started Bootcamp, you guys, and you mentioned this earlier, you were time for design with your kooky spelling of time, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> which had its issues or whatever. And um, over the last couple of years, you have found um, your niche, your specialization, which we've hopefully guided you uh, through that process. And it's something that we firmly believe that every agency should find their their niche yeah. and their specialization. So uh, I mentioned this in your intro, but you guys are um, you help health and nutrition coaches. How did how did that come to be for you? Yeah, we um, we had been taking some other marketing courses before we had done uh, boot camp, and you know they were kind of talking about the idea of niching. Gretchen and I had been talking internally just about how difficult it was to keep up with all the clients and try to be everything to everyone. I mean, we all know that's just it's too much, you know. And especially as you start to understand what it means to bring more value to the table for a client. And you know that that means that you have to start looking more at, you know, paying attention to their sales funnels and their marketing. I can't know how to do that for every different industry out there. It's impossible. You know, so, so we really realized that we needed to focus on one and we just started by going through the list of our clients and marking off the ones that um, we enjoyed working with the most. And then we started looking at what are the similarities between these clients and, and, um, you know, they were outgoing people, they were positive, they were focused on helping other individuals, like genuinely helping other individuals make positive, uh, changes in their life. And so then when we looked at some of those things, um, they were all in the health wellness or, uh, kind of nonprofit arena. And so we'd had some common threads there and really we, we had enjoyed so much working with the health and wellness professionals, the, um, you know, we had some in fitness, some in nutrition. Um, and then that really tied into some personal stories for us. I mean, for me, my family did not grow up, um, really caring too much about health. It was a a blue collar working family. Money was tight. So we just bought what we could in terms of food and, you know, those kind of things. And so unfortunately that meant um, that I lost my mom at an early age and um, you know, her health was a big piece of that. So I was passionate about, well, crap, I'm 30 at that time I was 30 years old and really seeing the decline in my mom and going, how do I help people learn how to take care of themselves sooner? you know, like, gosh, this is just is not something that you should just wait on. So for me, you know, I really started studying more and learning more from our health and wellness clients. Um, Gretchen, I don't know if you want to share some about like your food allergies and your story with your grandpa and kind of how that tied in. Yeah. Uh, Well, I, yeah, I lost my grandpa when I was 12, but, um, and at the time that this was like, um, early eighties, you know, nutrition wasn't, everybody was like low fat and this and that. And, and so I, I grew up in a household that really just, 
you ate what you ate. There was no, there were no food rules. <laughs> there were no, you know, anti-dairy, gluten-free, anything. It was just, you know, and so I watched my, my grandpa have three heart attacks and then finally pass away. My grandma ended up with Alzheimer's. And I, I attribute mostly to like the diet food industry because she was on that constantly eating the Weight Watchers and the Diet Cokes and all that stuff. And so that, that was my background. And then when I got into my I would probably my mid thirties, I started developing, um, severe food allergies, which I actually had the food allergies all along. I just didn't realize it. And then it started to affect, I lost my hearing in one ear and I just had different things happen related to food and, and things I was eating. So, um, that I, so I really appreciate the health industry and the food bloggers and, and those type of people who are out there trying to educate the public on, Hey, this is how healthy, this is what healthy eating looks like. Healthy eating can, you know, be cost effective. You don't have to blow your whole food budget on lettuce or something, you know, there's, <laughs> sorry. Um, but you, you know, um, they, they're out there, they're out there to make a difference. And so I, I'm not, I don't feel equipped or it's not me, my personality to go out and be a health food blogger, but I'm really good at, you know, development and marketing and digital strategy. I can be the behind the scenes person that helps them be the superstar that they are. And so then I, it makes me part of their, their mm-hmm. success, but I don't, I don't need to be the superstar out front. Let them handle that. That's that what they do best. But um, that, that's, that's really where it boils down to for me is, and that's why we chose this niche is we are getting to actually be part of something bigger than ourselves. And, and, you know, that's the, like the awesome, the motivational side of it, the heart side of why we joined. And then when you start to look at the numbers for this industry in 2017 alone, this is a $277 billion industry. So there's, yeah, there's a ton of need there. You know, there are people who, who are trying to figure this out, trying to do it right. And we all know from kind of learning in our own businesses, you can't do it on your own, but a lot of them are, they're doing it as a solopreneur. They don't realize that they can get help or that people are specialized in that help. And so that was another kind of reason why we dug into to this niche. I mean, we both have stories that align with it and the industry is massive. So that, that was a really good match for us. I was going to say when you guys both were telling me, you know, why you got into it. I mean, I got goosebumps. Yeah. Uh, and it, I mean, I'd heard that story. I mean, part pieces of that, but I, I don't. Mm-hmm. I had never heard it so directly from um, from both of you. And I think that that's. Um, I mean, it's so cool that you found that alignment between what you really want to see change in the world and what you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, what has affected you personally, and then also that websites and marketing and code and WordPress can somehow fit into that. I mean, that's yeah. that's just so <laughs> cool, right? I mean, that's something that people yeah. just, for some reason, they shy away from niching or niching within their passion. Mm-hmm. I mean, could you have? I mean, when when somebody, sometimes I explain how to specialize a niche, uh, people always think, "Well, I'm going to be turning away business." Like, how could I ever build a business? on just nutrition coaches. And then here you go, and you just dropped a number, like $277 billion industry. Like 25 digital agencies could thrive in that market. Maybe more, right? I mean, there's, there's so much business, there's so much, you know, opportunity and, and, and it's at the small scale, like the individual coach and, 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 uh, you know, food blogger level, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, we've got somebody else in our community who literally all she does is work with food bloggers, like a subset even of the niche you guys are going after. Right. And it always just blows me away that, um, you know, when you do dig in and you actually learn, the market that you're thinking about and doing a little bit of due diligence that mm-hmm. uh, you uncover that this is actually a really big space. You guys could spend, you probably will spend most of the rest of your career building up a brand and a name in this industry. And, and there will still always be opportunity and challenges yeah. and interesting problems to solve. And that's I think, just really cool. Well, and, and like things like um, diabetes is on the rise and, and there's um, we work with the New York ad council on a lot of their um, social awareness campaigns and a lot of their social awareness campaigns kind of fill in um, this or, or, or actually make us more aware of the things that are out there that people are dealing with. And, and that in turn brings more nutrition bloggers and things to the forefront because they're seeing these social awareness campaigns mm-hmm. that we're also hoping to, to put out there. Um, and then that brings uh, more people into the market. So it's just literally expanding. And it's because, and obviously, you know, from living in this country, that healthcare is a, is a huge issue. Yeah. And 
and just the the health problems and obesity and all that stuff in general is such a huge problem that there are literally food bloggers and nutritionists and and all that they're popping up on a daily basis so it's like a (laughs) never-ending i was gonna say those problems aren't going away anytime soon uh as as yeah so well this has been uh fascinating i i am i am enamored with uh with left right labs and what you guys have accomplished and i'm so (laughs) you know honored that you guys have done that as a part of our community uh are you ready for our uh lightning round give it to us All right. What is the best advice you've ever received? Uh, Just to implement. Like that has been our number one key to success. Don't don't wait. If you're learning in something from class, you find a meeting to apply it to with a client the very next day. Implement. Nice. Gretchen? Oh, man. That's so many. (laughs) Uh, The best advice, I think, um, probably is to um, ask why. Mm. Um, you mentioned that earlier today too so um, yeah it works with clients when they're when they come to you with a hey i need this it's ask them why Mm -hmm. um same thing internally with team members or even just when you're looking at your your daily to-do list or you're trying to motivate yourself to do something it when trina and i do this a lot when we have um, quick meetings is hey what um what why are we doing this why why are we having this meeting even asking yourself yeah 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 set that up front and it helps us to stay focused. And then um, it, uh, it's also self-motivating to keep going and doing what we're doing because now we have a reason behind why we're doing it. I feel like you you must have talked to my three-year-old because he asked why. <laughs> why? <laughs> why? Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? Who's going to go Trina? That? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I, I would say just openness, like being, being open and, and willing to talk to people, even when you're a little afraid. I think that that has helped a ton. It's helped me grow and it's helped me get to know my clients way faster. I would say for personal traits, for me, it's self-discipline. I'm, I'm very self-motivated, very, I, I don't like it's what's funny is I don't like schedules and I don't like being told what to do. But that's how I thrive. When we build out our schedules and we have a calendar in front of us and we have our task list and all that stuff, I love it because I feel in control and that's that's the biggest piece. Mm-hmm. But I think, yeah, self-discipline definitely is is probably what's gotten me this far. What's a tool that you use that you think our listeners would find valuable? A tool, software, app? Uh, Gretchen? Um, I would say teamwork. We are in teamwork all the time. Um, I recently got... Uh, certified as a teamwork expert and uh, we're able to we've designed all of our processes in there that's literally the first place we look when we get online in the morning is hey what's on my list for today Um, you know and it also is a communications tool for us where I'm able to see exactly what Trina's working on or what Jared's working on or if the clients you know gotten content back to us or whatever everything we that's we just run our entire business out of that tool (laughs) I, I actually agree. Yeah, that that tool has really made a difference in helping like, you know, so many designers I know it's it's hard to have that structure naturally. It's not really built into us. So to have something there that does it for you, you can check things off, you can keep things going, you can store stuff there. It, it really does uh, keep you on top of your game. And Gretchen, what book would you recommend and why? <laughs> also a tough question for me because I read about a book a week. <laughs> um, I would say I would recommend the Profit First book by Mike Michalowicz. Um, and if you can get him on your podcast, even better. Uh, we started implementing Profit First uh, almost a year ago, not quite. And it has re- really revolutionized the way we handle our finances. Um, we, you, I believe you had on in our mastermind group, you had um, one of the guys from the Simple Numbers book. Yep. And in that book, and one of the books cross references the other book. I think in profit first, you referenced the simple numbers book, but um, it's along those same lines. And it was fantastic in terms of what we learned. And we are, we have since started working with a profit first coach who is really um, helping us to understand what our most profitable products are, how those um, and, and tying in our expenses to those particular products to really see the true, the true our true revenue and our true profit. So it's um, we, we are making some, um, much smarter financial decisions after implementing profit first than we were previously. 
Yeah, and I, I would say for me in terms of uh, of one book, uh, The One Thing by Gary W. Keller and Jay Papasan, that really helps you to kind of figure out what it is that that drives you and how to keep that top of mind and not get distracted by all the other things. Those are two great book recommendations. So thank you uh, for those. And um, how can our audience find out more about you? Is there anything that you guys have they can check out? Yeah, we have a website, shockingly. The- <laughs> <I'll figure>. <laughs> <laughs> nah. I know. Uh, we are a leftrightlabs.com. And you can also hit us up, um, Gretchen at leftrightlabs.com or Trina at leftrightlabs.com. Very nice. And if it's support ticket, we will forward it to our help desk. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'll get to meet Jared. <laughs> Very good. Well, I love that you guys you guys live uh, the method. You, uh, I love the advice you gave today or the insight around implementing and taking action and not waiting till you have everything perfect and you finish the course, but actually doing stuff in the moment. I think that has attributed a lot to your success. It's something that we try to coach each and every person that comes through our program that to, to not wait until the end. Get busy doing this now. This isn't a, a university program. This is about actually uh, trying things on and, and during uh, during the program and, and while you're working in your business. Business is a I mean, it's kind of 24 seven to some degree and you guys have done that really well. You've implemented a lot. Uh, you've learned a lot. You've also shared a lot of that with our community and um, just want to thank you guys for taking the time to join us today on the program. And I know our listeners have probably uh, written down lots of notes or thought of many things that they need to do once they finish their run or their walk. And uh, just really excited to have you, you both in the program today. Well, thank, well, thank you so much, Brent. We appreciate it. Absolutely. All right, guys. That is our show today. Thanks, Gretchen. Thank you, Trina. Um, Stay tuned for each and every week. We're bringing you guys more awesome agency owners, entrepreneurs on teaching you guys how to grow your digital agency. Uh, Until then, I'm Brent Weaver. Thanks again for tuning in to the Digital Agency Show. Before we close out, I wanted to check in on your answer to my question from the beginning of the episode. Are you stressed out, cash crunched, fed up with your business? Now, if you feel this way, you might think that you have a lead generation problem. Maybe that it's the area you live in or that this market has gotten too competitive. Maybe you think that your business can't be turned around. And I want you to think again. In my many years of experience, I can tell you now, it's something much deeper that you're likely not even aware of yet. It's like a client who says they need a website, Facebook ads, or a mobile app when they don't even realize it's a deeper challenge that's blocking them from success. Now, if you'd like to find out what your deeper challenge is, then I want to invite you to apply for a strategy call where we're going to dig into those underlying issues in your business and get you moving forward like never before. The aha moments that you're going to have will shift the way you think forever, and you'll finally get the answers as to why your business hasn't taken off. The number one most important decision to rapidly grow your business starts by booking your YouGurus strategy call today. Go to yougurus.com slash apply to start the application process for this free call. Once again, go to yougurus.com slash apply to get started. Thanks again for tuning in. Join us next week for another episode of the Digital Agency Show. 